The climate crisis, with droughts, heat waves and recurrent forest fires and torrential rainfalls, together with the biodiversity crisis and the COVID-19 pandemic, is leading to more frequent and louder calls for large-scale transformations and systems change. But can systemic transformations be achieved at the scale, speed and quality that is needed? What capacities are required to navigate these transformations? In this episode, I'll talk with Funda Seski, co-founder and managing director of the Norwegian Impact Accelerator at Norwegian Foundation, and François Bonici, director at Schwab Foundation for Social Entrepreneurship, head of social innovation at the World Economic Forum, and co-author of the recently published book, The System Work of Social Change. Together, we'll talk about the frontiers of transformation and systems change. My name is Per Olson, and you are listening to Rethink Talks. Now, more than ever before, we need to understand how different groups are thinking about and taking action around transformation. Today, we will dive deep into the world of entrepreneurship and how entrepreneurs and the networks around them are responding to social and ecological challenges. Funda and Francois, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Per. Uh, and I want to start with a question to you, uh, Funda. Uh, what fascinates you about systems change and transformations? So we have a shared future, and that is a very complex place. Uh, so are the challenges that we're about to face. So back in the day, we used to fight things that were directly affecting us, like the nature, for instance. And the problems were local, the solutions were local. Um, but today, what we are facing is challenges that are global. So they are both in large scale and they are also made by the humans, the mm. human behavior. Like you named some of those, climate change, mental health, um, misinformation. Uh, these issues do not care about the, the borders any longer. So when we um, think about like the, uh, the world uh, that we're experiencing today, economic and tech growth, they have been helping with the human progress massively, but they're also causing these uh, challenges in terms of uh, environmental degradation, uh, social issues. So we cannot really truly resolve anything unless we change our mindset about how we tackle these issues. How do we see the impact that we create in a bigger uh, perspective? How do we go from egocentric to ecocentric? We need to start thinking about these kinds of things. And when I say we, I mean the entrepreneurs, the investors, the scientists, the banker, the teacher, both the dreamers and the doers. Everyone needs to get engaged. Mm. Francois, uh, do you have anything <laughs> to add to that uh, from your perspective? I think the the interesting piece is that we're all we're all arriving at the same conclusion, you know. No matter where we may have started, I think that's what Funda is pointing towards. There is this, you know, real convergence uh, around the fact that whatever piece of the world we might be working on, we're getting to this point of recognizing we we are in this together, and actually these pieces are not disconnected. Um, in in a way, the 
the, the things that have brought us to this point are not necessarily going to be the ways that are going to get us out of it. And I think, you know, so no matter who I've spoken to over the last couple of decades and, and worked with around both social and environmental change, there is this sense that, you know, no single organization can resolve these challenges. The things they were working on, recognizing there are all these other dependencies and things out of their control um, that were determining, you know, what, what the outcomes were like. Mm. And and there are terms like transformation and systems change, and the, they they're they're becoming more and more popular right now. So this is a question uh, for both of you. Maybe start with Funda. Uh, how are how are you or your organization uh, use these terms? Well, I mean, I, I guess uh, I'm not sure if we are using the terms in the, the way that the acad- academia is using, but the, our focus is uh, entrepreneurs that are tackling some of the world's greatest challenges. And we refer to sustainable development goals and our impact assessment tools to understand what impact they are creating while bi- building uh, scalable businesses. And our theory of change is that If we support entrepreneurs who have baked impact into their business models, and if we help scale these companies, if we help attract capital and talent to these kinds of solutions that do create an X unit of impact as a part of their X unit of uh, output, then we will be able to to trigger larger change. So Mm. we're basically trying to help create role models of success that others are aspiring to, And then that way we draw more capital and impact, uh, capital and talent to to impact. So as an individual, like a, a, not every individual entrepreneur necessarily are creating systemic change. M- most of them do, many of them do. But I think it's really more the the collective of uh, activity that we are creating and that that are all contributing to the movement of change that we are pushing. That uh, that is at the center of Norscan. Mm-hmm. Funda reminds me of uh, Paul Hawkins' uh, quote, Para. I I think we used to use it when we worked together. Um, He called it, from the book Blessed Unrest, he called it the greatest social movement of our time. All of these, this kind of generation of people working on social and environmental causes all over the world, whether they be entrepreneurs or voluntary groups uh, or uh, cooperatives, that there is this kind of mass movement towards it. So I think... I kind of recognize that as part of the system change of what Funda's talking about. But then also more recently, this word, as you say, per these words are being used and they're being used quite loosely. So I think in, in one sense, it's a really good thing because there's a recognition that we can't do kind of business as usual and, and that we need these different strategies. We need to be collective about them. We need policy changes. We need um, you know, significant uh, changes in, in our infrastructure in order to do this. We need these large industry transitions We need to tackle issues of power and injustice. So I think it's helped to surface um, that there are all these dimensions that we've not really focused on understanding. Number one, that it exists because often it's quite invisible and that we Mm. need to figure out ways to tackle it uh, and shift the the systems that we've built. So acknowledge that they're there, that they exist in those ways um, and that they are, uh, are biased, hierarchical and oppressive. Right, I, that, that's the reality of the system and yeah. that we've created. Um, 
And so I think it's good that we've got the language. Um, it is being used in a whole range of different ways, and I think that's okay. And I wouldn't force an academic or any kind of other definition on it because even the academics mm. can't agree, right? So, <laughs> so that's okay. So I think where we are right now is to, is to have the awareness and recognition where we are. I, I became a little bit allergic to the term systems change because it was – if you ask different people, they mean very different things. Uh, and and I, I uh, wanted to focus on, okay, that's helpful if we have this ambition that we want to change, but is it changing all the time or is it something that's going to happen in 50 years' time? Uh, and really wanted to focus on what are the things we need to be changing now and how we work, right? And, and really get to the focus on, on how we work. Because my one concern is that we, we often, uh, you know, and, and even in the institutions that I've worked in, we perpetuate the, the systems and structures that exist. And so what is the way, what are the ways that we need to change uh, the, the ways that we work as we're de designing different models? But I think there is the recognition we're in a really interesting time right now. And I think COVID has exposed and, and to the world that there are these things called systemic inequalities, right? And that, mm. and that those invisible barriers and invisible things are very real. Exactly. How do we make sure that we're not perpetuating the very systems that uh, we are trying to, to change with the, the practices that we are supporting, right? And I think it is really important that the like the discourse and practice needs to come together. And instead of like being stuck with definitions, I agree that we need to understand the underlying conditions that uh, we are all able to affect from our own angles, right? I mean, if we think about an individual entrepreneur, uh, how do we steer their work towards more than uh, creating, like taking account of the both the unintended consequences, the risks uh, that they're creating, while growing the the impact that like positive impact that they are striving to create, for instance. So that could be like the single entrepreneur's perspective, and then how do we connect these entrepreneurs with other system actors? And that's what we try to do a lot uh, at Norsken. Norsken. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, it is in, in Stockholm, we have an entrepreneurial hub where we're hosting 425 members and not all of these people are entrepreneurs. So we create an ecosystem of different actors. We have entrepreneurs, investors, corporate representatives, people from the government, civic organizations. So different types of organizations come together and, and it is really at least a starting point for having these like uh, uh, discussions. So how do we collaborate and then really tap into the different aspects of the uh, challenges that we're trying to solve? Mm. Can, can I carry on, Per? Because <laughs> I'm, I actually, <laughs> I, you know, having looked a bit at, at some of Norskan's uh, entrepreneurs, but also just this next generation, because there is this awareness, you're also starting to see different business models and, and the recognition from entrepreneurs that, you know, they don't want to just develop their product and sell it they want to change an industry with their product and, and are thoughtful about okay well, how do we also shift the, the standards around those industry how do we be not you know role models but also bring others along how do we be policy advocates while we also trying to produce our product and we're seeing all exactly. these different kind of practices starting to tackle these dimensions of you know systems change you know whether it be at the policy level where they're trying to change the mindsets of people so i think that's really interesting in this new generation of entrepreneurs that is emerging that are kind of have this recognition and recognize that it's, you know, and even for them to succeed, they will need to change the system. So I think it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time and, uh, and looking forward to continuing to, to learn more with, with Funda. Yeah. And I think that uh, sort of it broadens the, the concept, I think, for 
of what an entrepreneur is or can do because they can introduce new, just new innovations and, and practices. But then you also have them others that work on, on changing the rules and regulations. Exactly. And then you have others that are focusing on value systems and these deeper structures in our society. Mm. So you have the, it's nice to hear you talk about all these levels because that's what we say, like transformation in, transformations involve changes at all these levels. Yeah. So if I can go back to um, uh, some of the things you talked about, like about you know, power and who is involved in this. And and so the question is, who is driving the agenda in innovation, systems change and transformations today? And does does that need to be challenged? Mm. So uh, I'll start with you, uh, Francois. Yes, it does. <laughs> Number one. Um, but um, I, I think in terms of the overall conversation, the you know, we're we're just starting to get a sense of how deeply power systems actually run, uh, and mm. I think that's we're still relatively. I think in the bigger picture, we're still actually relatively early days in the entire systems change conversation. It's there's a level of awareness, but our ability to talk about it, our ability to actually act on it, uh, I think is we're still developing. I fully agree. I mean, the urgency in terms of scale and speed is there. Yep. And what we are doing is just a tiny drop in the ocean. So uh, the the question is, how do we really make like help make all of these relevant? And our like I mentioned earlier, our theory of change is that if we help create like some role models of success, then we will be able to show track record to those like bigger actors that would not otherwise go into to these kinds of things without the track record. So it's a bit of a like we need to speed these <laughs> examples up as well. Fully agree, but uh, it's. You know, it's not about creating one hero entrepreneur here. It is really creating many heroes and then, you know, helping, like, uh, encouraging them to, to join the, the movement. That's basically what we are trying to, to do. I know, Francois, you're in your book, like, referring to, to hero entrepreneurs and the, the dangers of that. But, uh, but I think collectively, this actually means something. Yeah, I'm, at the same time as as we speed up and aim for scale, is how do we make sure we bring others along? You know, so I think that's the yeah. that's the interesting challenge we have because the you know part of the risk is we do all these big transitions, and you know, per coming back to thinking about you know what you, what you spoke about a little bit into your introduction, um, if the actors who are currently you know the holders of power and influence are the ones that redesign the system, and we need to do that on an environmental lens, how do we make sure that? you know, from an inequality point of view, that mm. we don't worsen that, which is, you know, a, a very real risk and that we don't have a new system, but actually the same beneficiaries of that system. No, 100%. But I think that's that's why that is our responsibility to try and identify, like, where are the, the true impact potentials, like, you know, pl in places where that would not have happened otherwise or for the groups of uh, entrepreneurs from our perspective, like who would not get funded otherwise? Where are mm. those people? Mm. How do we find them? How do we engage them in creating solutions and, and you know, try to, to bring them the support that they need? Mm. So in Rwanda, for instance, our like one of our first activities is in collaboration with uh, both international actors, the, the government of, of um Rwanda as well as like, um, I don't want to name them yet because it's not like fully official, but we're basically trying to find ways to, to bring in female entrepreneurs to the space, like many of them, give them 
scholarships so they can sit there, they can benefit from the, the journey. So how do we increase the participation of those that are left out in creating solutions? And then, of course, I mean, a startup is by nature an iterative process. It should be. So, you know, it's not about finding a solution and then this is basically what we push to scale, but more how do we iterate on the solutions in a meaningful way and then how do we bring in other actors into the or like other participants into the picture without slowing the process down you know maybe you just need to run with what you're able to create that is uh, small enough but that will contribute to a larger picture for others it might be a possibility to bring in like many stakeholders perspectives already like at every iteration i think we just need to balance these a little bit yeah and that um in that context i want to add and talk a little bit about the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, because as, as you said, there's, there's, an, there's um, maybe a power and equality issue in there too, because a lot of the, as I understand it, many, many entrepreneurs and others also uh, just have to survive in these times and, 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 and focus on the coping strategies instead of like transformation strategies. So what... What kind of changes and responses do you see in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic? And we can start with you, uh, Francois. Thanks, Per. We, we're still very much in the midst of it. I, I just landed in South Africa yesterday and you will have seen global headlines. Um, so I, I may be here a bit mm -hmm. longer. Uh, the, the reality is on a kind of macro scale, um, you know, for, for entrepreneurs and, and, and social entrepreneurs, it's been a very mixed picture. Uh, I think those that have been digitally enabled and have had, you know, huge increase in demand have found, you know, a really incredible opportunity um, and things that, you know, they've been working towards for many years that were very well placed to, to, um, to, to take advantage of. And then, of course, for others, it's been extremely difficult, like in many other industries. Um, but it has opened up, you know, some some routes for those pathways to transitions where there's you know other actors who've been resistant to change have suddenly recognized you know or have been forced in, into doing it so i think that's it's brought with it some some real opportunity along with obviously significant tragedy um on a regional perspective unfortunately some of the transitions and the way that the economies have either opened up or uh, shut down in, in in various cycles have made us retreat a little bit into both nationalism uh, but also recognize how um, fragile some emerging economies are and dependent on on the global economy as you know Europe has closed in and 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 understandably so for for very important health reasons but I, I think uh, along with all these other factors um, like vaccine inequity has really been a, a barrier um, for for many in emerging economies so do you see um, uh do you see any specific uh, things that weren't possible, say, two years ago, that suddenly are? Definitely, yeah. And I think, I think you know, Funda, I'm sure, will have some perspectives as well. So, so one is just in terms of uh, openness uh, of um, governments and businesses to be working with uh, entrepreneurs who have technologies and solutions that we're already addressing things like, you know, online education or whatever it might be. You know, there there have been clear opportunities to take that up, and there's you know some fantastic examples from South Africa um, of where that has been the case and where they'd been knocking on the door for many years for, for those kinds of solutions. So that's been, you know, part of, I think, you know, just enabled the digital transformation that I think we've all seen. But it's also enabled an openness and a collaboration 
um, around a lot of ecosystem actors to say, you know, our personal specific institutional agenda is maybe less important than, than us getting through this together. So I think that the, the scope for, um, you know, syndicated funds, for sharing of data, for a lot of things that, that helped the ecosystem that were barriers before and us actually working together a little bit more, I think has been, has been really uh, important. And then I think, you know, because of both the pandemic uh, and what's happened with the Black Lives Matter movement in the U.S., but also around the world, a greater kind of realization around systemic inequalities and that we need to, um, you know, take uh, intentionality and bring intentionality to our work uh, in terms of inclusion. I, I think this has been a, this period has been a great uh, representation of both our like human strengths and weaknesses at the same time. So like when it comes to inequality and um, you know all these uh, people that are unable to access what like uh, we fortunately have been able to access like the vaccines, it's really uh, quite striking uh, to notice. And I think this has uh, brought like you know when we start acting on things on in terms of the strength side when we start acting on things with a mindset of emergency like we did with this uh, crisis then we realize that we can really progress so much faster and then find the vaccine that we need and i think this uh, like overall brought in the the perspective that okay but if we then take climate not as a climate change or climate crisis but climate emergency then like, we should be able to really join forces and then uh, find solutions. So I think this really opened up the, the perspective for that like in a positive way. But at the same time, the inequalities are, are basically just increasing. So we just need to, to figure out how do we put the urgency, emergency on the agenda, but also uh, find ways to, to give the access to opportunities to everyone. Uh, are you able to reflect on the differences you see in how systems, innovation and transformations are playing out in different parts of the world? Francois, do you want to start? Uh, we do have, have different flavors uh, around the world. Um, I, I know certainly, you know, having worked uh, across the spectrum from kind of grassroots activists right through to kind of for-profit social businesses, um, that there is a, a concern, and I think this is where we need to be careful around perpetuating systems, is to what degree is this capitalism, you know, co-opting the social agenda, privatizing all social services. I think that's a part of this kind of movement that we need to call out and be aware of and recognize. You know, is this us influencing a better form of capitalism or was this capitalism co-opting and you know, it, being resistant to change in a way and saying, yes, it's okay, we'll let you play in this space, but... You know the, the 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 main driver of of how free market capitalism works will will continue. Yeah, I think Don't if you. I think about my time in Sweden historically, which is basically the last seven years. So when I first came here, I remember being in social innovation conversations where, you know, uh, people from municipalities and governments would say, "Well, social innovation is not the job of entrepreneurs; it's the the job of the state." So there was a lot of pushback on uh, bringing private activity to, to the social space. And um, and that has changed a lot in the, the past few years. I think both like from the, the political perspective, like the mayor of uh, Sweden, Stockholm is talking about making Stockholm the, the impact unicorn like uh, city. Um, but also from the, the entrepreneurship perspective, I mean, there like this is what like, Stockholm is one of the the 
like top cities in the world in terms of like for being a tech entrepreneur, like per capita unicorn is uh, is one of the highest. And as the ecosystem started developing, then people started asking more relevant questions. You know, like we have found solutions to everything, but mm-hmm. we are not solving problems that matter. Is like what became part of the the sure. agenda. So the mm-hmm. the two spheres are now coming together from that perspective. And when we look at Africa, for instance, uh, the companies that we are supporting there have a much broader impact perspective. I mean, here we are we dare to take the niche because we you know because we can. But um, niche when it comes to social issues. But in Africa, for instance, one of the companies we're starting is building a, a ledger. Um, tool for micro, small, uh, medium-sized companies uh, to be able to to move from pen and pen, pencil account, like bookkeeping, to using a tool, which then will give them access to, to you know, financial systems because they're unable to get any loans, unable to build, bring um, grow their businesses at the moment. But if they can actually show that here is how much we're making, then they're they're going to be able to be included in the financial system. So all of a sudden, we're really talking about like higher level, you know, infrastructure uh, tools that can really change the um, uh, the fabric of the the eco- like economy there. So different perspectives in, in different countries, for sure, depending on how developed the ecosystem is and how much the like the policy uh, is actually supporting those activities. Yeah, so I want to just wrap up this conversation with a last question to both of you is uh, more forward looking and what transformations would you like to see in your lifetime? I'll start with you, Fonda. I mean, clearly we have a climate situation that we cannot ignore. Uh, I would love for us to, to get ahead of that curve and uh, well, climate and biodiversity, of course, like from the larger perspective. Um I would love us to to find ways out of the misinformation age that we have entered because that is one of the biggest uh, triggers of segregation. Uh, And like just again, in line with segregation, I think equal access to opportunities. And if I can pick one opportunity, that would be education because I think that is really underlying a lot of the, the problems that we're seeing today. Um, I, I think, look, in, in my, I mean, I am an African first and foremost, uh, four generations on the continent, um, that this is going to be an interesting 20, 30 years for the continent. You know, it's going to become the largest market. Um, and what happens on the continent in these next 20, 30 years is really actually going to be critical for the world. It's going to be critical for the world economy. It's going to be critical for, you know, how those modern industries develop. Are they going to develop around the lines that we've been inspired by and talking about today and with a proof that we can have these kind of more sustainable, inclusive uh, models? Or is it going to be a race to uh, industrialization? Um, and so I think it's a, it's a really interesting time for the continent to also put forward a very different you know perspective and image of what africa can bring to the world so i'm really excited by part of what that uh what what what's what's on offer uh in here and so while we have you know many examples in the impact space of working on the african continent and then countries with people in extreme poverty we also have these really you know advanced uh, solutions developing Mm. that are globally relevant and so i think it's going to be an interesting era uh, to to see, so I'm excited about that in particular, and then um, you know related to education and segregation and these ideas, also just the role of um, of men in society 
because I, I, you know, I've been, mm. um, you know, having been brought up by uh, some fantastic um, role models of both uh, men and women, um, recognize the importance of men in things like education and things like um, um, uh, domestic violence, abuse, the role models that they play, and how that's actually a really interesting lever. Um, for men refining a place in society, not necessarily as the patriarchal leaders of of everything, uh, and kind of undoing that system is actually will unlock actually quite a lot of, of these other things that we we've, we've spoken about, uh, both in terms of you know what kind of mindsets go into our political leaders, what kinds of mindsets go into the boardrooms, uh, what happens at home in families, you know what education is provided for people, and so I think that's a really interesting uh, space that I've got more interested in but it's one of those kind of deeper level mindset shifts that mm. I think will be part of uh, us uh, kind of evolving from our very early evolutionary instincts um, to, to being a, a society that uh, can be more equal and recognized and, and you know less egocentric I think a lot of that uh, what Funda brought up uh, to, to get rid of that I think we need to have a focus on men re-recognizing their the evolution they need to take. Amen. Funda and Francois, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pure pleasure. Thank you, Per, and a big thank you to, to Funda. What a treat to spend uh, an hour with her. <laughs> Listen to Rethink Talks, a podcast produced by the Stockholm Resilience Center at Stockholm University. For more episodes, head over to our website, rethink.earth. And don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>